Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Squirrel Friends, the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast. I'm Alec Mappa, and I'm here to introduce the queen of all media, everybody's favorite future billionaire, Lonnie Love. Oh my, you are so precious. How are you, Alec? I'm good. I'm calling it, Lonnie. I think that you are very quietly, while the rest of us are napping and, and taking weed gummies, you are slowly building an empire. You know, I am enjoying this platform with you. I'm enjoying mm-hmm. the fact that we are pushing an art form that is beautiful mm-hmm. and exciting and entertaining. And I am just and happy to be part of it. Endangered. Very, very endangered. And we're yeah. going to see about that. How have you been, though? I'm good. I'm going on a cruise next week. I'm going to uh, Central America. I'm leaving next Thursday. Okay. And I want to get a little Botox. A little freshen up. Okay. Yeah. Good for you. I think that would make me happy. I went on your Instagrams. Yeah. And I saw that you had a a younger picture of yourself. (laughs) Okay. See, I'm not on TikTok, but somebody told me about the bold glamour filter on TikTok. Have you tried it? No, I'm going to try it now. Because oh, I think this is, you look, but you know what? You look beautiful the way you are. I just Aww. want you to know that you have a, a very good structured face. Thank you. And it's just gorgeous. And Thank but, you. you know, I'm all for people being whoever they want to be and a- expressing and loving themselves for whatever they want to do. That's yes. what it's that's what well, life is about. Listen. Listen, I'm a mature woman. I'm much older than you are. So I I have to, there's a little maintenance issue. Speaking of looking good, you've kept up your weight loss and you've been posting some pretty pictures on your Instagram. Oh, thank that you. That black dress that you had in the day of science, encouraging black girls to take STEM classes. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you really, really great. I mean, there was a very important message in there about black girls and science. But of course, I went directly to that dress and I was like, wow, you look amazing. Well, I have to thank my squirrel friends and my queens because I think for a long time I thought as a woman, you know, oh, looks don't matter as long as I'm clean and I don't smell. <laughs> <laughs> Because you, you've always been like, 
you know, I think as funny people, it's like the premium has always been on our sense of humor. And, yep. And everybody forgets that we want to look pretty, too. Speaking of pretty, we're going to be covering yes. episode 12 of season 15 of RuPaul's Drag Race. It's going to be filled with all kinds of spoilers. This Ugh. is a really great episode, Lonnie. What are we going to be covering? We at the top six. We're yeah, at the top, top six. six, the final six. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about the Wigloose Rusical. I so love Rusical. Yeah, yeah. The drama over who got which part, the mm-hmm. rehearsal, the final product, the runway is everybody say glove. And as always, the lip sync and someone is going home. Everyone has been every episode. We have had an elimination. We haven't had a double save this season at all. Oh, and Squirrel Friends, stay tuned for my interview with Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Later, later, later in the episode. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> well, Squirrel Friends, it's time for 15 seconds to say. This oh. is where Alec and I have 15 seconds to race and say all of our most important thoughts and takes on topics given to us by our lovely producers. We, in this episode, hear Selena say, if she makes it to the end, she can convince and talk the judges into giving her the crown with no wins. She hasn't had any wins. So when it comes to winning a competition, Alec, you get 15 seconds to say, do you think a track record matters? Ready, set, say. I say it matters in in competitions where they are adding up the scores, but this is like a subjective competition and it's Rue's decision. She's always saying the final decision is mine. So if Rue decides you're going to stay, you're going to stay. Good job. Okay. All right. My turn. What was the question? When it comes to winning a competition, do you think track record matters? Okay. Ready, set, <laughs> say. Yes, it does matter. And it's because the, the in this type of competition, like you said, it matters because it's a way for everybody to get into everybody's head. So if you haven't won anything, you're going to get, you know, feeling bad on yourself and then everybody else going to feel like they feel good. And that's the reason why you have these type of competitions. So you need these little mini wins to make you feel good. Oh, you did it. You really, you came in under. We're becoming experts at this. Okay, listen. Yes. I think that if you're bottom and you're the bottom a whole bunch, mm-hmm. it's not going to be good for you in this competition. Mm-hmm. Historically, if you lip sync more than three times, you're out. Really? Yeah. But but uh, the exception in the last season of UK, there was a black queen named Black Peppa who was in the bottom three times, but she had had wins yes. previously. She didn't have any wins. Um, Selena didn't have any wins, so I think that just makes it harder. Well, see, for that's you. the thing. But it's a competition, and mm-hmm. also we're gonna see in this episode how not having wins versus having wins right. can be detrimental. Yes, and I'll point it out when we get to that. But it's also a lip sync for your life, right? Yeah. So yeah. if you have a bunch of wins and you lip sync against somebody and you shit the bed at the lip sync. Then you, uh, that's you, what I'm saying. You, yeah. It's yeah. always a competition until RuPaul mm-hmm. says it's time to go home. That's right. it. You know, so right. if you want us to have something to say for 15 seconds, DM or message us your ideas. Alec Mappa on Instagram or comic Lonnie Love Instagram and Lonnie Love. Let's get into this episode, Alec, because it's okay. a lot to cover. It is go a lot. On. We said goodbye to Marsha, Marsha, Marsha last week, week, week. She went home yep. and I felt like it was her time. 
you know, I yeah. felt like, okay, that was, that, that seemed correct to me. Yeah. Selena has no wins yet and feels like her and Mistress should have won. Now, here's the thing. Okay. I, this is a really complainy season. <laughs> whiny is a whiny we, yeah season. we talked about this last week it's kind of like i listened to the podcast in the car and there's, there's a lot of like i didn't get this i didn't get that and it's mm-hmm. kind of like there's a real lack of gratitude and what i don't like about that and they mentioned this on this episode is while you're complaining i think it spoils the victory for the person who won that week oh wow I didn't think about that. Yeah. Like if you won a competition mm-hmm. and you were surrounded by people going, man, yeah, I should have gotten this. And you're like, well, fuck my drag, right? Like, like, like. That's w- true. Yeah. That's true. And, and you see at the beginning, because, you know, Selena did not hold back. And what you're feeling is emotion from her because she mm-hmm. knows that she hasn't had a win. Mm-hmm. She's been on the bottom. She's had some challenges that she just wasn't good at and she doesn't hold back. Mm-mm. And then here comes Lucy being Lucy. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> and, yeah. you know, saying what she felt that she should have been. And mm-hmm. so, as a change, while they're sitting there in the workroom right after the elimination, they're trying to change the feeling. So they say, well, what era are you going to be in now? And so, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, so now, you know, Selena's like, I'm in my winning era. And then, mm. you know, Mistress is like, I'm going to be in my angel era. I'm not going to be, you know, <laughs> m- you know, the villain anymore. And, you know, so everybody's going through their eras and stuff. You know, they got oh, more eras brother. than Cher. I, you know, I guess Cher has so. all these eras. So, she does have a know. billion eras. I mean, there are a lot of artists with eras. Remember that there was a different Madonna era every oh, year? Yes. It yes. was like, here comes Kimono Madonna. Here comes... <laughs> Grunge Madonna, here it comes. RuPaul comes into the workroom. Mm-hmm. And like you said a couple of weeks ago, we are back to suit RuPaul. Yes. And we've left Mr. Rogers Palm Springs RuPaul behind. <laughs> RuPaul is wearing kind of like a black and white, almost like, do you ever like make a messy Xerox copy in the office? Oh, and yeah. And it comes kind of like this black, shadowy black the and white. The kids That's don't know what that is, but yeah, okay. Well, well, back in the day, they used to have this thing called a Xerox <laughs> machine. But you know what they don't have anymore? Kids don't have any more dittos. Remember dittos when you would get that in your math class and just smell the ink and just be like, just me? You know, I used to work for Xerox and they would always get us. Yes, I was an engineer for Xerox and they would say, we don't call it a Xerox machine. We call it a copy machine because they weren't able to trademark it. So if every copy machine was named Xerox, they wouldn't be able to necessarily sell. Oh, well, we did use that. That is like a an ancient verb at this point. I need to Xerox something. <laughs> I need to, and it meant copy, but yeah. Right, but yes, right. we've back to our regular RuPaul. And mm-hmm. this is the thing, too, about this competition right now. From the last episode, Sasha was a little low, yes. you know, from yes. the last episode. Mm-hmm. So I believe... Now you're seeing that people feel like, okay, now they're getting a boost because Sasha was coming in low. It's like, because, you know, Sasha was killing, killing, killing. Mm -hmm. But this has given the other queens a boost. Yes. They smell blood in the water. They smell blood in the water. But you know what? When you get down to the bottom six every year, it's like this is when the pressure builds. It's like when you get rid of the first six or the first seven. In this case, I think there Mm -hmm. were 13 queens this season. Then it was kind of like. Was it 16? There were 2,600 queens this season. (laughs) It's so many. We forgot. 
I know. When you get rid of the first half of the queens, when it comes down to this, the last six, then you're doing everything you can to stay on the show. Yeah. And the pressure is on you because now we're going to split hairs. Yeah, definitely. And the pressure is on me because I got to take a break. So we'll be right back because I want to talk about the maxi challenge when we get back. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. And we are back. Oh, the maxi challenge. We, we get a rusical this week. I love a rusical. Rue tells the queens in a world where people focus on our difference, never underestimate the power of song and dance to bring us together. Mm. For this week's maxi challenge, they will be starring in the all dancing, all prancing rusical Wig Loose. It's set in the 80s in a small <laughs> town where drag has been outlawed. Oh, Imagine my that. goodness. Oh, you my know, gosh. wow. Life imitating art. Yeah, it's really topical. First of all, let's talk about the Rusical because the okay. Rusical, I did a Rusical for Celebrity Drag Race. Oh. The most fun I've ever had. The really? hardest work, most fun. It was myself, Vanessa Williams, and Tammy Roman. Yeah. And we did the Rusical nine to five. The Rusical. Oh, I remember. Oh, it was so, it's such hard work because you got to remember yeah. the dances, you got to remember the songs, you got to. The words. It, it, I don't even remember how we got it all together, but we did it. (laughs) I seriously. (laughs) And ours was short. So this one is really, really long, Mm -hmm. but there is such a meaningful purpose in it. So, you know, getting into it, we start with the workroom. The first thing we got to talk about is the parts and picking the roles. Okay. Like, remember last year when Bosco, they were doing the rusical was Moulin Rue. 
They were mm-hmm. going to do Moulin Rouge, and Bosco wanted the lead so bad. And I think that if you want the lead, you have to kill it. Yes. And what happened last year is Bosco really wanted the lead, didn't do a, a fantastic job. And mm-hmm. Lady Camden got a smaller part as the leader of the show, the MC of the mm-hmm. show, and won the challenge. So there's all kinds of opportunities to do better and lots of opportunities to fail. Well, everybody wants to have the lead role when something. And it's like, the thing is, when you have a choice... To pick a role. Yeah. The first thing you do when I, I don't know about you, when I get a script, I read the whole script. Even if no, I just I'm read my already, lines. I just read my <laughs> lines first and then go, all right. And then you say blah, blah, blah. And then I'm on page 365. <laughs> <laughs> I read the whole script because you want to develop the character. So, sure. you know, they have to, this wig loose is based off of Footloose. So all the yeah. characters, you know, it's like cute. It's heaven bacon, mama bacon. Yeah. There's a villain called the preacher teacher. Mm-hmm. There's Carl, who is the husband of preacher teacher. Yeah. And there are two kids called Christian and Tuck. Yeah. And this is based on the Footloose. So I thought that that was really, really cute. It was really cute. And in Footloose, for those of you who've never seen it before, it's a movie from the 80s starring Kevin Bacon. Sarah Jessica Parker's in it, weirdly enough. And there's a small conservative town that Kevin Bacon... This is back when Kevin Bacon could play high school characters. Yes. He visits this small town that is led by this preacher played by John Lithgow, who has outlawed dancing. Mm-hmm. They no dancing allowed. Dancing leads to the devil. Blah blah blah. And Kevin Bacon can't help it, and he gets the whole town dancing again. So this is a take on that. And given what we're going through right now, it, it is so relevant. It's just kind of like I'm worried for our community. But you know, the also thing. There's a viral video going on right now with John Stewart talking to somebody, a senator. He's talking to a senator about the banning of drag. Mm-hmm. And he says, is that free speech? Are you impinging on their First Amendment rights? And the senator says, no. And he goes, they can do it, but they can't do it in front of children. Right. And John Stewart says, why? And he says, because we have a responsibility. The government has a responsibility to protect children. And John Stewart's like, what? And he goes, we have a responsibility to protect children. And he goes, what's the main killer of children in the USA right now? Hmm. And I'm going to give you a hint. It's not drag queen readings for children. And mm-hmm. the senator, the senator is Oklahoma Senator Nathan Dom. And he, the senator says, I presume you're going to say it's firearms. And John Stewart says, I'm not going to say it like it's an opinion. It's firearms. Right. And so what you're saying is you are willing to ban free speech, the First Amendment rights of these people, in order to protect children from this shapeless threat that you're thinking mm-hmm. of. But when it comes to actual children who have died, you won't do anything about that Nothing. because that right, the Second Amendment, won't be infringed upon. And because that's the height of hypocrisy. Well, and that's the reason why we push to have programming like... RuPaul's Drag Race Mm -hmm. because of the fact that, you know, this is a way to invite people who don't know about drag, Mm -hmm. who don't understand LGBTQ issues. This is a wonderful way for people to at least get an introduction to it. And And so that's why this is I'd be the first to tell people that there's no place for a child in a nightclub at 2 a.m. where a drag queen is performing. But if it's a library reading you know, uh, full of kids and a drag queen like Nina West. And it's all about acceptance 
and diversity right. and respecting each other's differences. I mean, if you've ever seen one of Nina West's uh, uh, readings to kids online, it's so beautiful. You'll just start crying. So anyway, regardless of that, let me hop off of my Apple box. Um, uh, well, we'll get yeah, back to it. But will. first, let's get to these roles because the they, you know, here we go. What I like is that Sasha being the professional, she automatically looks at the role. She says, I want Carl. Yeah. Carl plays the husband of the villain. Uh, mistress, of course, this is like, I feel like I'm related to being the villain, the preacher teacher. Yeah. I can do that. And then you have Selena uh-huh. takes Tuck. Mm-hmm. She volunteers for that. And then Lucy and, and Lux fight over Heaven Bacon. Exactly. Because Lux wants to be the lead mm-hmm. and Lucy wants to be the lead. Right. Now, remember last episode, they actually won. teamed up and won together. Yeah, so they were best friends and now they're fighting again. Again. So, that again. was my point. So, <laughs> and, and, and what happened was Lucy wanted the lead. And <laughs> Mistress is just lying in wait. You yes. know what I mean? She's watching her like a hawk. And Mistress has an inability not to call out the thoughts that are in her head. <laughs> and so when Lucy says, I want to play this part because I feel that I can really play this part well, Mistress called bullshit and said, you want it because you want the lead. Which right. made Lucy like fly off the handle. Now, what's your opinion on that? If Lucy had really just wanted it to just because she felt like she could do a good job, do you think she would have been as defensive? I mean, first of all, Lucy is Lucy. Lucy mm-hmm. is about the business. Lucy wants to win. Yeah. And she also hasn't had that many wins. So she's, she's trying two, to. And it- she's had two. But she's questioning herself. And so she knows that she's good at musical mm-hmm. theater. And mm-hmm. so she's standing up for herself. Right. But it's just something about her where she's not having fun. And they said it. We'll, we'll get to the judges' critiques later. But you said that in the previous podcast. And in this time, you, they yeah. said it. I mean, they every time, what you were thinking. even when she speaks, like in her confessionals, I mm-hmm. feel like it's like this urgency, this fighting, this, and it doesn't, right, it right. doesn't feel genuine. And it's like, I feel so bad for her. Yeah. And so what you see mistress doing is mistress is just eating up on that. She's feeding mm-hmm. off of it because mm-hmm. mistress is about competition. She's yeah. trying to get rid of her. Yeah. And the British, the British call it taking the piss out of something. <laughs> So it's always about like calling people on stuff. And the thing is, I bet Lucy in a relaxed environment where she's doing your job and Connecticut or whatever club she works on, you know, in her gigs, Mm -hmm. I bet she's a lot of fun. But with this high pressure situation and the spotlight on her, she's tensing up. So they're fighting. They're fighting. They're fighting. They're fighting. How would you have solved this? Rock, paper, scissors. (laughs) Simple. Or a coin toss. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, we need to rehearse. We don't right. have time for this back and forth. On a previous episode, I think they had people audition for it. They had people read it out loud. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. They should have auditioned, yeah. had them audition. But what mm-hmm. I like about Lux, I think Lux was just doing that just to mess with Lucy. Cause <gasps> Do then, you think so? Yeah, I think she just did that to mess with her. Because uh... she said, you know what, I'll take Christian role. But... I'm going to volunteer, but I had already had, because if Lux would have kept pressing, Lux would have got the lead Yeah, but this was different also because nobody was in charge of casting. Like, usually they have the winner from last week's. Mm -hmm. Oh, did they have somebody in charge? 
No, they didn't. They didn't they have didn't. anybody. In, they allowed yeah. them to sit there and pick the roles themselves, mm. which is what I'm saying is that Sasha immediately said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to take Carl. Right. And then, which was a big risk for a trans woman. I was watching it with my friend Calpurnia, and she said that she, as a trans woman, she wouldn't have done that. So she said, because Calpurnia spent her whole life kind of like cultivating her womanness, her, you know, herself as a woman mm-hmm. and getting away from all the masculine stuff. So she said it was a big risk for Sasha to do that. And we'll get to that, you know, later on in the show. But what part would you have wanted? What part would I have done? I would have had fun with the preacher teacher. <laughs> You like the villain. I like being villains. <laughs> I, I love playing villains. Yeah. But then this is the thing. Lucy kept thinking that that was the lead. But mm. actually, there were so many solos yeah. that you weren't the lead. Yeah. There are some rusicals where it's like, well, you guys shit part. There really wasn't a lot to do there. But in right. this one, as we see, when they show the whole thing put together, everybody had a chance to shine in this one. The reason why they have you audition for roles, and you mm. know this, Alec, yeah. is because they want you to be the best. They want you to shine. Yeah. 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 A lot of times we think we see a role and you think you can do it. And then you get up in that audition. You're like, Oh, this is terrible. I'm not right for this. Goodbye. Sorry for wasting your time. Which role would you have played? Which one would you have taken? I would have took one of the kids, Christian or Tom. Oh, okay. That's, you know, just something that's small and fun, but is meaningful. And actually the Christian one was the turning point is what, what we'll see. But you know, it's important to audition. It's important to right. know who you are as an actor and not just take a role because, you know, okay, it's got more lines. Right. It's like, right. it doesn't matter about the lines. I always tell people I became a series regular off of an audition with one expression. Ooh. It was supposed to be for a guest starring role. Mm. And I went in, I did the audition, mm-hmm. and it was something like, hmm. And it was just. <laughs> A star is born. (laughs) They were like, okay, we're going to make you a series regular. That's it. And that's fantastic. And you really kind of like, it takes foresight to know that. When I first came to Los Angeles, I think I've talked about this before, they used to have these roles called under five. Mm-hmm. And that all that means is you have under five lines. And so I would always be like, how can I maximize this? How can mm-hmm. I create more stories for myself? And so like, I had one line on Friends uh, for the Thanksgiving <laughs> episode. And now that's played as a meme all the time. But I've also found that if I do one line... And when I first started out and I really gave it my all and I made it interesting, they would give me more. They would give me yep. more to do. If I made it the writers laugh, they'd go, okay, let's they build on that. They would just do it. Yep. They would do it. So they finally picked the roles. Mm-hmm. And then here comes RuPaul. And RuPaul does just a little bit of um, coaching and asking oh, the right. girls about themselves right. and stuff. Basically, he spoke to Sasha and why did Sasha pick the role mm-hmm. of Carl? And yeah. she also says that her and her mother no longer talk. Right. And they're not in communication. So she picked Carl because Carl reminded her of her father. Yes. And that's what I mean. But that's the example of if you're going to pick a character and not be auditioned for it, at least mm-hmm. be able to relate to the character. Then yeah. while that's going on, Lucy and Selena are talking. Yes. And Lucy really starts crying on Selena's shoulder. Mm. She feels like she's being picked on. She feels like the world is coming at her. Yeah. She feels bullied. She feels triggered because she said every time I open my mouth, she goes, when mistress calls me on stuff, 
or criticizes me, it kind of brings back that memory. Have you ever gone too far with somebody where you were kidding with them and they were like, took it the wrong way? Yes. Yeah. I mean, being a comic, yeah. you know, but I now know when to pull back yeah. on someone. Yeah. And there are just some people you just can't, they're just not like that. They're, they're just, just not, not like joking. that. They can't take it. Yeah, and just and what you do is you just leave them alone. Yeah. Don't don't keep antagonizing them. Yeah. But but Mistress found the squishy spot and is now poking at it. Well, because it's a competition though yeah. too. Yeah, and yeah. The, in that point, I think you should breathe and you should meditate and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Well, that's what that's the advice that Rue gave to Selena S. Titties because she was like Selena S. Titties did word vomit about like I'm too much this, I'm too much that. I you know I'm not that fat, I'm not that thin. Blah 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 blah. And then Rue said, take. A breath. <laughs> Take a breath. And and the thing is, that is like such simplistic advice, but it's the truth. It's kind of like you're in drag. We're playing dress up and we're singing and dancing. Where's the fun? Have fun. Anita came up and said she chose the mother part of uh, Mama Bacon because one of the lines that Mama Bacon says is, a drag saved my life. Mm. And Anitra says that drag saved her life because... She was walking around DragCon years ago and all of a sudden felt so at home and mm-hmm. so happy. And Ruth said, well, I'm so glad that happened to you because you were born to be a drag queen. And mm. Anitra said her whole drag journey took off from there. And I love that story. And this is the reason why the workroom is so important. Yeah. And for Rue to take the time to come in and spend some moments with the queens yeah. and actually get their stories. Because I think it was Anitra that said, here is the person that started Drag Race, that mm-hmm. started Drag Con, that helped save my life. Right. And I'm able to speak and have, you know, a few minutes with them. That means so much. I know. You know. I know. And it, and it opens it up. And here again... No one in this country can say that we're not trying to provide a way for people to see other people's lives and understand their lifestyle. So you have no excuse. You can't say, well, I didn't understand. I didn't know. This is a perfect example of that. You get everybody's whole story. Exactly. And it's the personal story that changes hearts and minds. I mean, every year at the beginning of the season, I'm like, I'm not going to get involved. I loved last year's. And then all of a sudden I hear everybody's story and it's like, oh, I love them. In Anitra's story, she talks about that she was on her way to the Olympics. She Mm. was a Taekwondo expert. And then that didn't work out and all of a sudden she was adrift and not knowing where to go next and drag gave her the direction to become a performer and everything Mm. and it's just and i'm gonna sell some drag con tickets here if you ever get a chance to go to drag con go it is so happy Mm. you walk into the la convention center and there's this big banner that says hello 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 as soon as you're walking in on the very first day of drag con they have this thing called the queen's walk now down the middle of the carpet they have this gigantic this it's so wide it's like as wide as a football field a pink carpet that goes through the whole convention center and on the first day they announce all the queens all the queens that have ever been on a rupaul's drag race show and they all walk down the pink carpet one right after the other so you can see alaska you can see trixie you can see whoever's in la at that point and it's Mm -hmm. so much fun see that's what it's about so we still got we got to talk a little bit about the rehearsal. So mm-hmm. after the whole conversation with Rue, we go into a little bit of the rehearsal. Mm-hmm. And the choreographer, Miguel Zarat, mm-hmm. says he's looking for energy and personality. Yeah. So Lucy, of course, is like, I pick up choreo quickly. Yeah. 
I, I'm a theater. I'm, I'm, I'm picking up quickly. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. And yeah. actually, you know, looking at her with Miguel, she she's does. Like, she picks it up, but she's a little stiff. Yes. You know, she's just a little like, because she's in her head and she's not having fun. It's like, have some fun. I remember when we were going through our rehearsals for Nine to Five, the musical. Yes. And I was so like, trying to that's why I can relate to Lucy on this because I was so in my head trying Mm. to figure and make sure and that I was looking stiff and I was like just have fun once you relax and you have fun have fun you take the pressure off of yourself you take it off perfect here's the thing perfect's boring it's there's (laughs) perfect is boring I think that if you see somebody who gives you a flawless routine but there's no joy behind it you can feel that which you is know? what happened with Lux. Lux is not the best dancer, Mm-mm. but the attitude, and Miguel said her attitude is so so great yes. that it was just like you felt joy. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see her whole rehearsal, you know. Lux is competing. Lux, yeah. L- make no mistake. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. she's competing. I think she gets a little sabotage with the other girls <laughs> in ways that she doesn't need to. In ways that, like, I used to have, uh, when I did stand-up, I'm going on a cruise next week, but I did do stand-up with a comic, not going to mention any names, who would come up to me and talk to me right before I went on. Kind of get in my (sighs) ear, like, hey, I have this joke, what do you think is funny? Or just kind of distract me. And finally, I had to go, you know what, I'm about to go on, don't talk to me. Just don't. I just need my space. You know what I hate? I hate when I'm in an audition. When we used to have auditions before, yeah. now they just do Zoom auditions. Mm-hmm. But when we have to go into a room and there's a bunch of, you know, actresses and they want to talk to me before the audition. Mm-hmm. And I would I would just go off into a corner. I so would that- go off into a corner or put on headphones, which is the universal sign of... <laughs> Don't talk to me. But the thing is, you were so excited because a lot of us hadn't seen each other. Because, mm-hmm. you know, say, if it's oh, for, of course, you know. Of course. You know, and it's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Yeah. And then, you know, but now I realize that, you know, a lot of times that was just a ploy for you to get thrown off of your game. Them getting so. into your head. Exactly. Then, like when uh, last week's went during the comedy thing where she's going, there's a lot of pressure on you. I mean, you could really flop in this one. You could really, there's an uh, opportunity for you. to. It was like, oh, no, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> well, we got a lot more to get to, but let's take this quick break and we'll get to the runway after this. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness. Kick back and spread some positivity into the world. From smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports, on stages, and at the box office, women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to Women Take the Mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs, and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. 
Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. And we are back. We are in the workroom on Elimination Day, and the queens talk about the legislation going around trying to ban and criminalize drag. Now, there have been drag laws on the books before. Like, right before Stonewall, cross-dressing was against the law in Mm -hmm. New York City. And it was to discourage drag. It was to discourage presenting yourself as a different gender. Uh, the police just decided they didn't like that. And I think now it's really it's really about these conservative areas kind of having a very narrow definition of who belongs and who doesn't. Right, right. In the public conversation. And Billy Porter said something interesting on The View recently. They're all fighting against this change that's already taken place. Mm-hmm. You go on TikTok. I mean, like the twins are all over TikTok. Yeah, sugar and spice. Most of their fans are girls. Most of their fans are kids, and they don't care. And the thing that bugs me about this kid thing is they're making it seem like drag queens are out to groom kids. First of all, groomers are stealth, right? You yes. know, if if you talk to anybody, and I know so many people, unfortunately, who have been abused, groomers are people who are they're usually a member of the family. They're usually a trusted friend or maybe somebody in the church or a teacher or a scout leader. In order to groom somebody, you can't dress up in a costume and say, look at me. That's right. It's it's antithetical. It's two separate things. It's two separate things. They're trying to lump it in. That's the thing. And that's what's wrong. And one more thing. Nobody ever takes a kid to a drag show by accident. You know, they're making it seem like this is being imposed on children. Mm. If all those people who are taking their kids to the library to have a story time with a Mm -hmm. drag queen are Mm -hmm. there because they want to. Mm -hmm. All those people who take their kids to a drag brunch because they want to have brunch and see the queen's lip sync in the daylight, they're doing that because they want to. Nobody's being taken there against their will. No. And and just so that the squirrel friends know, it's a very vague law. Mm -hmm. So what they're trying to do is say, well, we're just saying, we're not banning drag shows. It's just Mm -hmm. in public areas and this and that. But I know, but they're lumping it together with like strip clubs or something like that. But there are already obscenity laws on the books. In Tennessee. Exactly. There, there are already obscenity laws. And also, it's about the demonization of drag queens and transgender That's people. That's the point. Number one. And when I, I brought it back to, it's the, a very narrow definition of who belongs. If you're straight, if you're white, if you're cisgender, you fit the profile of who belongs where. And anything that deviates against that kind of threatens the authority mm-hmm. of 
You know, it's like Footloose. It's like the preacher in Footloose is, is listen to me because dancing made the kids too rebellious. Yes. And they had to think for themselves. And this is this Well, is for the people same that thing. say, what can I do? Mm. First of all, read up on what's going on. Read. Especially in your state. Read mm-hmm. on who is voting for these type of legislation mm-hmm. that is just discriminatory, is vague, and mm-hmm. really is unconstitutional. Yeah. Support organizations that are fighting so that we have clarity of what they're trying to say and what they're right. trying to do. And also support events like DragCon. Now, Bonnaroo, which is a music festival that's held in Tennessee, oh. they put out a statement responding to the new legislation in Tennessee. And they said that Bonnaroo has always been a place for inclusivity, a safe haven for people of all walks of life, and a champion of self-expression. So when you hear expressions like that and people are posting and organizations and events support those events because they support us. And so that's what's important. And to have this type of conversation on this show, I think was great for the producers Mm -hmm. of RuPaul's Mm -hmm. Drag Race to have that type of... And um, for it to come out now. I mean, the show was filmed a year ago and we were going to this. So that that lets you know. that was This was was last year and look at what's happening. So... Listen, it's just, you know, also... Tennessee, Nashville is a really show busy town and has a big pride, you know, where there are drag queens in the parade. I don't know how they're going to. I just don't know how they're going to enforce this. Yeah, people don't realize that this may affect pride. This yeah. may affect high school musicals. Yeah. It's a, and there was an interesting meme that Michelle Visage put up. And it was basically all of these drag queens that were in entertainment, like mm-hmm. Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny, <laughs> Milton Burl. I mean, yeah. just like we grew up. And it's up. like, Flip you've been Wilson? watching drag all your life. Yeah. And yeah. now you want to complain. You know? remember Geraldine as Flip Wilson? There was nothing funnier. Medea. Yeah. Medea. Medea. It's like people Medea. forget. People yeah. forget. And that's that. a really conservative audience. Uh, Martin Lawrence in Big Mama's House. Yes. Uh, uh, Eddie Murphy in The Nutty <laughs> Professor. It's just like, it's that whole thing. And then it, the, the meme was you've been entertained by drag queens your entire life. Stop pretending like it's a problem now. And then somebody, I think Willem posted Republican Drag Race, showed Rudy Giuliani in drag, <laughs> showed that guy from Tennessee who's banning well, drag in no, drag in high the, school. Even the, yeah, he did. George the, Santos. The governor of Tennessee did drag. Yeah. And he actually got called out for it yep. and got mad. And it's yeah. like, it's been here, but yeah. you know. Yeah. All right. And now let's head to the main stage. Oh, so mad. Okay, main stage. RuPaul comes out in the main stage outfit. This is like a Hervé Leger bandage dress. Remember, those were so huge in the 90s. But this time, the bandage dress is in rainbow sherbet colors. Remember rainbow sherbet? It's like orange and pink. Those orange and pink sherbet colors. I love that combination. It's a bandage dress that turns into sleeves, almost like sleeves going down RuPaul's arms. She's wearing her platinum blonde frizzy hair wig with these giant hoop orange earrings. And the other judges this week are Orville Peck, a country western singer who never shows his face. Never shows his face. I thought that was interesting. And Michelle. And Ross. And Ross. Ross And Bossy Rossy, skinny Ross Matthews, who we still have to call that nutritionist, that Ross is... (laughs) And we still haven't called. We still haven't called at all. uh, And so we start with the competition. Wig Loose, the Rusical. Oh my goodness. What did you think of it? I think, okay, 
I don't love all the musicals. Sometimes I think they're kind of corny, mm-hmm. but I always laugh. I always mm-hmm. laugh at the camp references. But because I think there was something going on at World of Wonder that they said, we really have to kill it this time. Mm-hmm. And what they did was presented a hilarious musical that wrapped the whole message up in a way that was easily digestible for the country. Mm-hmm. It's a, They made all their points without being preachy. Mm-hmm. You know, this is about a small town that is trying to ban drag, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, based on Footloose. But it was because of everything that was going on today and in this world, it was really touching. It really was. Yeah. And can I say that all six of the queens did excellent. Killed it. And like I said, it really, to me, the so-called leads with the solos, with the mm-hmm. dances, everybody. This was the first musical that I actually saw that everybody shined. Yeah, and this was it, the one where it's like, I don't know who to send home. Yeah, because it was really, really, really good. And I go back, Squirrel Friends, and watch it again. Yeah. Because there's a definite message, and I hope that World of Wonder puts it out. So I can, I always retweet whatever, you know, yeah. and it's something this important. Because I think it's something that everybody should look at. It's funny. It is inspiring. It's yeah. got heart. It was everything. And, and it was joyful. I think Ugh. the thing that they really brought out in this musical was that it's so joyful. You yeah. know, getting dressed up and entertaining people <laughs> is so joyful. <laughs> Mistress was hilarious as the villain. Mm-hmm. She had that whole song, It's All Black and White. There's no color. Everything's black and white. Get rid of all the colors. Anitra was fabulous. Anitra was fabulous as the drag mom. She really took that to heart because at the musical at the end, she brings out all the kids who were formerly hiding as their drag characters. And she had that whole solo. Yeah. That was everything's built on drag. This whole movement's built on drag. Drag saved my life. Really, really touching. Sasha was hilarious as the dad. She came out in a full beard unrecognizable. I really liked her as Carl. I as thought that Carl. was like great. Hilarious. Selena did well as yeah. Tuck, the cowboy, because, you know, she doesn't do cowboy choreography. Yes. So she was really, really good. And, and had to play um, a really butch character and, <laughs> and said she's not comfortable that way. But when she came out as her drag character for the finale, you could really see the joy. I thought Lux did a good job, too. Yep. And the runway category is everybody say gloves. So these are like... Fashions with gloves. Yes. Okay. I, okay. <laughs> I you like... can you can build you can build a whole outfit around gloves. Okay. And I was like, how are they going to do this? But they did it. Okay. First to come out is Lucy Laduca. She came out in a short kind of body hugging like leotard in green, and she had gloves that made her look like the creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> I like this, but I thought it could have gone further. Yeah. Kind of like she had the creature of the Black Lagoon on her body and her hands, but it wasn't evident anywhere else. It like, was creative, but it, you know, it I would have nice. given myself gills <laughs> and maybe had fishnet stockings, you know, oh, fishnet yeah. stockings with like swamp stuff in it and a green wig. But her makeup's pretty. Yes. Uh, next up was Anitra, who came out kind of like in an Aeon Flux, 
kind of Japanime suit. Mm-hmm. I love this look. Black stockings, blue gloves, a blue kind of bikini on top, midnight blue, almost like patent leather, blue wig. And on her, the palms of her hands, she had raver lights <laughs> that that flashed. There were laser lights that shot out of her hands. I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was good. She was beaming. That's what mm-hmm. they said. Up mm-hmm. next was Mistress Isabel Brooks. So oh. brought Texas into the room. Oh. And here's the thing. She's like the one who's like, she does what Eureka did best, proportionizing for the big girl. Mm. And it's like when you have a big drag queen come out, she's beautiful and sexy. Mm-hmm. You're messing stuff up because <laughs> you're breaking all the rules because our society says a big girl's not supposed to be sexy and mm-hmm. curvy. She came out in this bright yellow dress, big Texas drag. It was a floor length gown with these huge puffy sleeves, oh, yellow beautiful. satin. And the puffy sleeves turned into yellow gloves and dripping from the yellow gloves on her right hand were jewels, like strings of diamonds. Mm -hmm. And she had like a huge blonde wig on top. The makeup was correct. The wig was amazing. Uh, She looked elegant. She said this was her sunshine era. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love that Mm -hmm. part. Mm -hmm. Up next was Lux Noir London. Okay. All right. Listen, we've been really nice on the show because we want to show the queen's love. Um, if you watch the pit stop with Bianca Del Rio, mm-hmm. she'll like flat out said, I hated this. Like yeah. she'll, you know, yeah. I got where she was going. She was wearing raver pants, black raver pants with the straps, red platform sneakers. And instead of wearing gloves, she had on white casts on both arms. Like she was a skater. She looked uh-huh. like a skater girl. And she had a page boy wig that was in black and red. This kind of looked a little hot topicy to me. Uh, it didn't seem like drag. I didn't know what the glove part was. Was it the cast? It was the cast. It was kind of covering. And so for that reason, I didn't feel like they read like gloves. But this also, what I like about Lux she's a great designer. She brings great looks to the runway. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like this was up to the level of the stuff that she had previously brought. Yeah. I didn't understand. I felt it felt out of place with the other queens. Mm. So that's mm. why I wasn't. I mean, I like the look, mm. but I just felt for this, it could have been a little more elevated. That's yeah. what I felt like. Yeah. So up next was Selena S. Titties. Selena S. Titties comes out with these giant inflatable gloves. Hilarious. They almost look like lobster claws. But she had a bodysuit that had a face on it. She had <laughs> eyes on her boobies that looked like a you know a cherry on top of her nipples, and a nose in the middle, and a heart-shaped mouth at her crotch area. Red patent leather loot leather. Letting the red patent leather boots, red <laughs> patent leather boots. How's that for a, a tongue it. twister? But I didn't. Okay, I thought that the, <laughs> the red gloves made her look like a lobster, mm-hmm. so I would have appreciated like a lobster dress. And mm. I didn't understand. Okay, you have a face on your body with these big red lobster hands coming out. Are those her ears? Are those her arms? I didn't quite understand it. Yeah, the judges didn't really like the big gloves as well. So I, I just think it didn't go with the rest of the outfit. If the, if you were a lobster, this would have made sense. Like if the entire dress was red patent leather, mm-hmm. then it would have, I just didn't, I think there were two different things going on here. Yeah, it was a lot happening. Yeah. And last but not least was Sasha Colby. Okay, Sasha Colby does this thing every week where if everybody's doing one other thing, she'll go in the opposite direction. Mm. Like for the Start Your Engines Challenge, everybody was looking like Rue. 
you know, with a drag race kind of a jumpsuit. And she came out in a, a gown that was in the colors of the drag race jumpsuit. What she did here was come out with a mini skirt and almost like a bikini top made entirely out of baseball gloves. I thought that was so genius. They were baseball gloves all stitched together. She Ugh. had like a version of Timberland boots, but they came up above the knee. Ugh. And this was so clever. I couldn't stop looking at it. Yeah. And she didn't wear gloves on her hands because she had them all over her body. All on her body. Yeah, that I understood. That was amazing. I'm telling you, when you talk about experience, mm-hmm. you know, being edgy and being fashionable, you know, Sasha's going to give it to you. So, yeah. Okay, we're talking about that. But you know what I want to get to? Because the judges every time the final six this the final six the judges they gave their critiques Mm -hmm. but before they actually gave their critiques they Mm -hmm. asked the queens the question of who should go home and why and why and here's the thing i've been saying for years that the correct answer is that person should go home because they're my biggest competition. Okay. They're my biggest competition. And that way, you can say that without insulting somebody. Right. And somebody once said, I didn't say the best queen because I want to be up against the best queen when I compete. And it's like, well, it will be between you and the best queen when you compete. Well, this is what happened. You know? This is what had happened. What Lucy happened goes was, first. Yes. She says Selena. Based on she said, track record based on track record and then selena was like you cried on my shoulder bitch all the business <laughs> right she like, felt it was disloyal it was like, disloyal why you eat bitches somebody else you cried on my shoulder which i have to give it to her she she had a point she had a point do you think like lucy owed her because they had an intimate emotional moment backstage i mean don't come crying to me then <laughs> felt what Selena felt right I then. Did I, did I felt too. it. The I next too. was Anitra. She says Selena. Based on her track record. And it, and I think that that's nothing personal too. Because those are facts, right? It's I mean, facts. But this is what Selena said. She said, that's not what you say backstage to me. Oh. So, and so Anitra saying, you girls haven't been saying this backstage. And now this is no, coming as a surprise said to her. Yeah, Selena yeah, yeah. said, you girls haven't been saying this stuff to me backstage. Mm. It's been, you know, you're good or you okay or whatever. Now, mm. when it's, you know, time, now you're mentioning my name. See, this is tough. This is tough because, like, I'm a cancer, so I take everything personally. This would be really hard. Yeah, I mean, said, yeah, Alex you know, should go home. Yeah, it's like, wait, what? You know what I mean? You always talking to me. Like, I thought you guys liked me. I thought we were friends. So then Mistress, she goes by your formula. Mm-hmm. She mentions Sasha. She says Sasha should go home. Sasha should go home. She's she the said, biggest She tired of the meet and greet. That's what she said. <laughs> she says that this whole competition has been one big Sasha Colby meet and greet. <laughs> And that's kind of a really backhanded compliment. It's kind of like everybody is a fan of Sasha and she's like, you know, I'm a fan too, but this is a competition. So, but I was like, you're the first person, mistress, if you're listening right now, and I know she does. She's the first person who has answered that question correctly. Yeah, she did. it, And she admitted, she said she's my biggest competition, you know. Mm -hmm. Next was Lux. She chose Lucy. Now, this is the thing that Lux did. Lux... Did a PowerPoint oh presentation God. of all of the queens. Yeah. <laughs> she was like a lawyer, kind of. Uh, this is my summation, uh, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. She basically gave her opinion of every single queen on the runway. I've never Nobody seen anybody asked. do that. We asked for one. Nobody asked. 
Nobody asked. Yes, for what? But she was very thorough in her answering. She was like, Sasha brings something new. <laughs> Mistress brings Texas. Blah, blah, blah. And her thing with Lucy was nothing new. She yeah, she said it was new. generic side of drag. So she does good. And then Lucy slow burned. Oh. Looking at her, she just turns her head real slowly. It was uh. like, what? You know what? It's really hard to take criticism, mm. when, especially when it's what you don't see and people don't know what you went through. Oh. And this is the part where it's cringy because it's yeah. like, that's why you try to do constructive criticism. But mm-hmm. there are some people, they just, they're going to give it. You ask, I'm going to give it. And, you know, you just have to take it. But as comics, we get our feedback instantly. Yeah. If a joke is working, if your routine is working, you get the laugh. There's no kind of like, I wonder how I did. You know, it's like, you know know. right away whether (laughs) they they love it. Oh, no. So then we get to uh, Selena. Mm -hmm. She picks Lucy. She had to pick somebody. She can't pick herself. (laughs) I pick myself. I pick myself. (laughs) The French girl, Nikki Dahl, picked herself one time. She's like, I'm out of my element here. I'm picking me. Bye. Did she go? Yeah. Oh yeah, she God. did. She picked herself. Sasha Colby says Lucy. Or, or Lux. Oh, yeah. Lux. She said Lucy or Lux. Lucy Because they're her biggest competition. Oh. Yeah, that's what she said. She didn't say mistress? No. No. Uh, if I was mistress, I'd be insulted. <laughs> but mistress is really kind of like, I don't care what anybody says or does. I'm in this for me. That's why I love mistress. I'm yeah. learning so much to handle criticism by watching mistress. Like, I really am learning how to cope, and it's just a lot. Yeah, but if you and Mistress were friends, if I was friends with Mistress, she'd be that type of friend who's like, if I don't want to hear the truth, I'm not going to talk to you. I have a friend like that in Hawaii. Like, if I'm mulling things in my head and I don't want to hear the truth, (laughs) then I don't call her. (laughs) Because she'll tell me the truth, whether I want it or not. Yeah. Well, we finally get some of the thinking from the judges because mm. this is the extended episodes now. Yeah. It was really good to hear their critiques. Yeah. I kind of, I agreed. With I agreed. Most of them. I mean, it yeah. was it was really great and stuff. Yeah. And They said what you said last week, that Lucy didn't look like she was having fun. Yeah. And the thing didn't. is, like, I did watch it back. I've watched it back a couple of times. There is nothing wrong with what Lucy did. She hit all the marks. Yeah. She did all the choreography. She did a great job performing. But there was an element of fun missing. Yeah. Like I said, she's really into her head. And at a certain point, it was like even on camera, like I said, during her confessionals, Lucy just seems like she was, you guys, I'm I'm meant for this. And it's like, girl, just show people. You don't have to. She's talented. She's very talented. talented. Yeah. But you have fun with it, too. The yeah. challenge winner was Anitra. She wins yes. a cash prize of $5,000. That left the bottom two, which was Lucy LaDuca and Selena S. Titties. Mm-hmm. And they lip synced to Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush. I love that song. I love that song. I love that song. Very dramatic. Song. The lip sync winner was Lucy. But I felt like during that lip sync, in my viewpoint, that they should have had more fun with it. They both were like doing really the same serious. thing. Yeah. And it was like, 
running up the hill. Act like you're running up the hill. <laughs> Act like you're getting tired or, yeah. you know what I mean? Why make it so, you know, and there was like not a lot of movement. Not, mm-hmm. I think that Selena could have won yeah. that lip sync had she gotten more campy instead right. of trying to go, yes, I'm, you know, serious. I think she was like, she couldn't decide which direction she wanted to go because she started out real campy and then she looked over at Lucy who was doing it like she was at, at the Royal Shakespeare Company. She was doing it like she was doing a Shakespearean monologue. She took it completely seriously. I mean, because that's a deep song. The song is about men and women. If we could change places, if I only could, I'd make a deal with God and get him to swap our places. So you could feel what I feel. I could feel what you feel. Mm-hmm. as men and women. And they said, if we could understand each other, if we could walk a mile in each other's shoes, I could run up that hill with no problem. Right. I could run up a building. You know, I'd be invincible. So there's a lot of earnestness there, but you're right. Lucy took it really seriously and she won. Yeah, she won. And, and I liked it. what was Selena's exit line? She said, as titties, as titties, my titties, not your titties. All right, baby, the titties are coming. <laughs> <laughs> She just liked to say titties. I like, uh, titties is a fun word. Let's take, can I take a little break because I need some water. Okay, let's take a break, but don't go anywhere because when we come back, I'm going to play ball in the house with our very special guest, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. We'll be right back. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&Ms, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
And we're back. I am thrilled, thrilled, thrilled to have our guest here today looking at her on Zoom. I would say she has on the perfect amount of makeup for this interview. I'm also happy to report it looks as though her nose is fully healed. I just hope the same goes for her heart. Will you please welcome to the program, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha! Yay! Hi! You look terrific. You know, our school friends can't see you right now, but you look like you're about eight years old. And that Correct. you're posing for the J.C. Penny Boys catalog for the new fall looks. I sure am. You look so young. Thank you so much. Yeah, I've gotten that a lot. Yes. Well, <laughs> it's, it's probably because you are young. How are you? How are you doing? I'm honestly really good. Yeah. Um, this whole experience is such like a crazy ride mm-hmm. that there's like a little bit of peace knowing that it's it's taking a bit of a, a pause for at least. A couple of episodes. Right, right. So you get on the show, the show starts airing, and the response is, go. Relatives are texting, people are stopping you on the street. What what happened? The response is really, really great. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I got a lot of love for my promo look. People really seem to connect with my Meet the Queens yeah. and my personality. Which I really, really appreciate. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing is when I see people online like, oh my gosh, she's just like me. Like, Aww. I think the sweetest thing in the world. Do you read the comments? Are you a comment reader? Um, It depends. Yeah. On Instagram, I usually do because they're usually pretty nice. Mm-hmm. But like Twitter, I try to avoid. TikTok, I try to avoid. It's a cesspool. Yeah. Yeah. So- <laughs> <laughs> I was, my last Broadway show was in the 90s. And a reporter from The New Yorker called me an amateurish little fellow. So after that, I was like, I'm never reading anything again. <laughs> never really, again. It really hurt my feelings. So you were <laughs> very memorable on the show and you were very original. I love the ballet that you did for your talent Alistair. thing. That was very clever, very, very smart. And you went out on one of the most epic lip syncs of the season. Uh, You know, I was thinking, okay, the season is going to, the lip sync highlight is going to be Anitra and Sasha, and you kind of surpassed it. I mean... It was incredible. I don't know about that. No, I mean, (laughs) it was just incredible. How did it feel doing that? Well, first of all, I just have to say, I absolutely love Anitra. Mm -hmm. So, so much. We we worked together a lot in the season. We really vibed. Our personalities meshed very, very well. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of like cohesive energy is what helped the lip sync to be so great. Right, because we right. were always not just like aware of one another in the space, but like aware of one another, like on a, like a metaphysical level, I oh, feel like. Oh, nice. <laughs> now, do you feel yeah. like uh, your your experience as a dancer kind of like helped that? I mean, you, you certainly uh, danced yeah. the fuck out of that lip sync number it was bananas but do you feel like spatially that helped you in the competition oh absolutely mm-hmm. i mean anitra and i both have theater experience yeah. and i think when you have that it really it, it helps your foundation for all things right performance. so what came first for you drag or theater oh theater yeah yes i i went to school for i went to the boston conservatory for mm. musical theater and that's when one of my best friends introduced me to Drag Race. Mm. And I like fell in love with it immediately. And I started like experimenting like here and there. But then it wasn't until like after school that I really like got into it and really started like learning to sew and experimenting with makeup and wigs and things like that. Yeah. Right, right. Thank God you learn how to sew because every time a queen comes onto the show and says, I don't know how to sew, I don't have a snatch game character. I was like, have you been watching 
the show. Uh-huh. It's like coming on Survivor and not knowing how to uh-huh. make a fire. So what's the highlight for you, for your experience on the show? Do you have a favorite memory? Gosh, favorite memory? I, I was really nervous before a Snatch Game, mm-hmm. just because you never know how you well never it's going to go. Um, so that going well was mm-hmm. like a really great high- And of course, meeting Ariana and hearing her thoughts on my talent show was like an unbelievable experience right? as well. Yeah, because you're an Ariana queen. You were like, you're an Ariana stan, as the kids say. I sure am. Yeah, so yeah. seeing her in person must have been like, set your blood pressure up a little bit. Oh, yeah. Changed my perspective on life forever. Okay. <laughs> you're like among a new generation of queens. You said earlier that you grew up watching the show. And for a show that's been mm-hmm. on for 15 seasons, I imagine a lot of kids, young baby queens, watched the show and were influenced by it. When did you start watching? I started watching, uh, it was my freshman year of college mm. and it was season seven was mm-hmm. the first season that I watched. That like, is a uh, uh, Violet Chachki and Trixie and mm-hmm. Katya and those children. So what? Yeah. walk us through the revelation of watching that for the first time as a young queen. Uh, I remember, yeah, my friend telling me like, oh, I think you'd really like this show. And I was mm-hmm. like, what is it? And I was like, I didn't really know what drag was. I knew obviously like what it was, but I didn't have like a realistic understanding of what it was in like the drag world. Right, right. Outside of like TV and Mm -hmm. things like that. And this is while you're in Boston. Yes. And watching that first episode like really like blew my mind open Mm -hmm. because I was like, oh, these are all just people that have like, created these personas that are made up of like all of their favorite things Mm -hmm. and they they get to like live through that which i think is like such an incredible job an incredible um art form yeah as an artist Mm -hmm. do you just think you just get to live through your favorite things like yes the coolest thing ever yeah so marsha brady was your favorite thing (laughs) (laughs) i i do love marsha brady very very much yes Uh, I really love Marsha Brady, too. And the fact, I mean, you're instantly memorable if you come out with a name like Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. So you took your Boston Conservatory training. You came to New York and you started doing shows, correct? You did mm-hmm. Broadway shows. Were You were in Kinky yeah. Boots, correct? Uh-huh. Were you with Billy? I saw Billy on the last part of his run. where I think he came back at a certain point and he was... Uh, Coming back to the show, I think I saw his last week. Were you with him? I was not with Billy. I was with the company for the last six months of mm. the Broadway run mm-hmm. and the vacation thing. But yeah, I, I mean, we we saw a lot of really cool Charlies, a lot of cool Lolas. Yeah. Or, I think it was, yeah, Jay Harrison G at the time. Oh, I just saw them at the Broadway show, Some Like It Hot, and they, they, are, they were are, fantastic. Their career is like really, really taking off, which I think is so exciting. Uh, yeah, I've, I've heard some really, really incredible things, mm-hmm. and I can't wait to see it. It's so, so good. So you were uh, one of the angels in Kinky Boots, correct? Mm-hmm. Which one were you? Yeah. Which which British outfit did you have at the very, very end? <gasps> um, I was in the the pink Scots. Oh, very, very yeah, cute. The gold boots. Yeah. Yes, very cute. Now, I'm an old queen from way back when. I'm a, a far more mature woman than you, and I was on the Broadway in a butterfly doing eight shows a week uh-huh. back in the Jurassic era. Did you find that your drag and that show influenced your drag in the clubs? Honestly, when I started doing drag, 
like at, on my own time. Yes. Walk us through that. Because theater was such a big part of my life, or, and it still is mm-hmm. for such a long time. Like I don't really do like musical theater songs mm. in any of my mixes. Like I never perform in that way. Right. So if we went to see a Marsha, Marsha, Marsha show, what is she doing up there? Lots of dancing. Mm-hmm. And I do, it's a very big thing in New York City that you make mixes. So yes. it'll be like multiple songs, multiple little sound bites, things like that. So yeah, I yeah I take little like things from like all of my favorite like movies and TV shows, and I'm working on one right now about my my makeup journey on the show. <laughs> Some great sound bites of my critique. Let's so. talk about that for a second. You kind of kept on getting the critique more and more and more. So. Mm-hmm. How was that received by you? And and did you kind of take the note? Yeah, absolutely. So when I got to the show, I had, I had only been performing in New York City, like as a drag queen, like as my job for mm-hmm. like seven months. So oh, I was gosh. very young. Mm-hmm. So I went into the, I had no like disillusions that I, I was fully prepared. <laughs> right. So I, I was very receptive. You were prepared to- enough to get on the show. Girl, you yeah. sent in some tape and they were like, she's next. Yeah, and I, I think- one of the reasons that I was selected was because I had a lot of potential. Mm. And I think it's important for people to kind of see that kind of arc. Mm -hmm. But I think potential is like the seed of the flower. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I really, I I went in with an open mind and I really was like, there's a lot that I can improve on and anything you give me, I'm really going to try and apply it because Mm -hmm. as an artist you're always evolving and changing and improving so sure sure so what's the takeaway here what is the takeaway here from the show having interacted with experienced queens and uh, rupaul himself and having gone through the experience how has it changed your drag for a really long time i i didn't want my drag to be like really big or take up too much space or anything mm. like that. I've always had a kind of a more. That's a very unusual take for a drag queen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not here to take up space or do too much. I always wanted my presence and my performance to be the forefront. I didn't want mm-hmm. it to just to be, I don't know. I felt like for a long time that like the big outfits and everything was like a distraction for a lack of something else. Right. Um, And since I've been on the show, I've really spent a lot of time kind of like figuring out how to make things bigger and how to take Mm. up and how wearing big sparkly things in addition to like a great performance just like elevates the whole thing. And Right. I think that's the word I was looking for. I think that essentially... I mean, it was clear from the get-go, you're very talented. It was clear from the get-go, you're great to look at. Do you know what I mean? And you brought you brought really lovely energy to the show. It was very clear while you were cast. I think all the critiques were about like, let's elevate, let's build mm-hmm. on what you've already brought here. So I ask everybody on the show, because this is what I feel about drag queens. They're like superheroes to me. And like, you're Clark Kent, and then by night you turn into Superman. And it, drag kind of gives you permission to to have that. And what would your superpower as a queen be? My superpower? Um... Mm-hmm. I feel like I would love to be like elastic or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, but what do you feel like when you're in drag? What do you feel? What separates you? She's pretty. Uh, <laughs> you can I be as, a, as elastic as you want. <laughs> Please welcome to the stage, Miss Silly Putty. 
2023. No, what I meant was being in drag endows you with that. What elevates in you when you're in drag as Marsha, Marsha, Marsha? I think it allows me to be, I'm sure a lot of people say this. It makes me feel bolder and more confident, Mm. more beautiful and also, also, it's like a, a, a more confident in like helping others. Mm. I think I'm a very self-sufficient person mm-hmm. and I like helping people. I like offering a hand when it's needed, sometimes when it's not needed. Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it, it widens my emotional and like mental space for others and for myself. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it, it magnifies that thing in you that wants to give to people is what uh-huh. it sounds like. So yeah. what's happening next for Marsha, Marsha, Marsha? Where can we find you next? Where are you performing? Um, well, I mean, right now we're, we're doing that year one kind of tour. I'm all over yeah. the place. Um, so yeah, we're traveling the country right now. We're, we're going a little music perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, and also, yeah, just working on Marsha, elevating yeah. every single day, Sewing more, sewing harder, more interesting things, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. We're all, we're just, we're just on the train and we're riding. <laughs> we're on the Marsha, Marsha, Marsha train. Watch out. She's coming down the track. Where can folks find you on your socials? Oh, uh, my social media across the board is Marsha X3 NYC. Marsha X3 NYC. You know what? We're big fans of yours here on the show, and we're, we're so happy for your journey. And that lip sync that you did really did. It's killer. It's going to be it's going to be the ones that people remember for a really long time. And by people, I mean me, because <laughs> <laughs> I stay up late at night. I watch the Alyssa Edwards, Tatiana lip sync uh-huh. from their All Stars. Yours has just been added to the rotation. So thank you so much for being on Squirrel Friends today. All the Squirrel Friends wish you the absolute best. Good luck on this tour, and we can't wait to see what's next from Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&Ms, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. 
Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. And we're back. Lonnie, that was such a good episode. Oh my goodness. It was a lot. This was, I feel like in the last couple weeks, we're really kind of like, you know, with the lip syncs being as good as they've been mm-hmm. and the competition as tight as it's been, we're really seeing some really great drag. Definitely. And yeah. this is what Drag Race is about. You know, we got entertainment. We mm-hmm. have information. We, we have drama. Topical. We have, yeah, it's great. Everything. Everything. And remember, this is a time when all of the queens and allies of LGBTQ plus people are going through things mm-hmm. and you know, I'm retweeting stuff. I'm yeah. giving out my information. There are a lot of the queens. They're retweeting. I like yeah. their stuff. Right. Be kind to each other online. Right. online especially on this social time. media. I mean, this is like the only reason these politicians come forward with these anti-drag bills is because they think that the public is going to support this. Yes. Now, if everybody who loves drag comes out and says, no, my brother's a drag queen or I love drag mm-hmm. or it's not what they're portraying it to be. Don't demonize our community. If everybody stands up for these queens online, I mean, Lottie and I want you to do that anyway. Our point right. is, long story long, if you go online, <laughs> if you go on socials, show these queens love. Another place you can show some love if you would like and are able to is aclu.org forward slash drag defense. The American Civil Liberties Union... ACLU is a great resource to educate yourselves on what LGBTQ plus folks are going through. Take action and support queens across the country today. And don't forget to show us some love. Tweet me or you can DM us on Instagram if you have questions or hot takes for the queens at Alec Mappa on Instagram, at Comic Lonnie Love on Instagram, at Lonnie Love on Twitter. Lonnie Love has 1.7 million (laughs) followers on Instagram. And I am catching up with 36,400. You look at you. I'm telling yeah. you. You're running up yeah. that hill, I tell you. Yeah. You can listen to Squirrel Friends, the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like this episode, make sure to rate and review us five stars, please, and tell a friend. Watch all new episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race season 15 every Friday on MTV. Then come and listen to us on Fridays wherever you hear your podcasts. That's right. We'll be back next time for an all-new episode of Scroll Friends, the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast. We'll see you soon. See you soon. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? 
M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, Peanut Butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of Peanut Butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable.